Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we're on our way back from Albite Stadium and and I'm ticked off. Why? Because outside of Albite Stadium, right in front of it, as if think of Albite as a great mansion in Downton Abbey and where they'd have their croquet lawn, right in front of Albite Stadium is a gigantic stretch of beautiful green pasture into which is cut this gorgeous football pitch with the lines beautifully defined one of the best playing surfaces I've ever seen and it's the grass outside the stadium whole place looks like a circus tent but there was no clowning around tonight because we've seen a really high level match which turns on its head all the thinking from the negative coaches who who've believed in so many of the games up until now in this Qatar World Cup that not just negativity but lack of risk is something that will propel you far. Both these teams teetered on the brink all the time because they decided to risk with passes, risk a high line, risk with pressing. And while I'm not quite sure how to begin the many angles to this story tonight, I'll take a tip from the Masters and begin at the beginning. Spain, as with the first game, sent their second coach, Luis Enrique's assistant, Rafael Paul, And as he was about to begin his pre-match interview, it takes place about an hour and a quarter before the game, Germany's team hadn't filtered through to the the Spain ranks. So as we were about to begin, just the cursory three, four questions, quite quick style, that go out to broadcast as they're available to anybody who wants to use them in the build-up to the match. Somebody shouted across to Rafael Paul, the the, Luis Enrique second-in-command, have you seen a German 11? And he hadn't. So I said, stop, stop, mister, stop, coach. Take your time, have a look, I'll wait, and then we'll start the interview. Before the team sheet was handed across to him, he shouted across to his colleague, is Sané playing? I thought it was significant then, and I think it became significant later on. When the the match started, it it was amongst huge hype. There were nearly 70,000 in the stadium, and it looked very much like the Deutschland fans who I bet you heard if you were listening on radio or television, outnumbered Spain. But if I can jump forward in the narrative a little bit, when the goal is ruled out, Rudiger's goal, and it's ruled out by what we like to call a ball here, un pelo de coño in, in Spanish. Sorry for being a little bit vulgar. When it's ruled out, the roar 
which came from Spain fans, but also from neutrals, to my great surprise, said that the neutrals who'd come in were supporting Spain. And that's not something I've been used to across the tournaments where La Roja has done so well. Any rate, jumping back to the beginning. In those early stages, people now post-match, and I don't know what time it is, it's 1.30 in Qatar, we're heading the 35-40 minutes journey back from Al Bayt into Doha Centre. People have been talking a lot, my German colleagues, me, international media, I've been talking about how, oh, when Spain started, it looked like a thrashing and Spain were so hot and we could have been through, I didn't see it that way at all. Obviously, there were a couple of moments, particularly the little link-up where for once in his time on the pitch, Asensio dropped deep, away from the nine position, linked up with Gavi and Pedri. The ball's fed out to Olmo. Olmo cuts in um, onto his right. The shot's perfect. The shot's brilliant. And at first, I think it hits the bar and goes away, but then you all know something that I only caught up with when I saw the replay. Neuer. Manuel Neuer. Just an extraordinary save. Now, at that stage, the things I was seeing from... We were up in the Tribune, so it's a very bird's-eye view. And you see patterns nicely. You see patterns in a way that coaches in the dugout cannot see the flurry of boots and the noise. To be able to, to judge a game from the touchline, from the technical area, is a hell of an art. And it helps to be on high. And what was painfully obvious was that Germany's high line and their back four were playing very high was being helped by the way in which Goretzka played right in front of Sula and Rudiger with the idea, simple though it sounds now, to stop Asensio being a false nine, to stop him dropping deep, picking up the ball, aiding the midfield, giving superiority, turning and running. So once that channel was cut off, it, it became more and more difficult for Spain to have any kind of out ball. They had to play out. Germans pressure I thought was really high level or all game and and patently the fact that there were I think three bookings to one certainly um, Kimmich is booked and Goretzka is booked and there's one other uh, midfielder booked whose name escapes me pardon me as well as Busquets who Luis Enrique leaves on and, and risks the fact that he might just be turned miss a challenge and get sent off takes that risk and he wins the you know he wins the gamble the way in which Germany played was really, really smart, in my view. And while Spain were... I thought they, looked, they had more mental sharpness, they had more, they're better passing out in the first half than in the second, one thing that really stood out across the entire match is that Pedri didn't play well. Now, stop, foot on the ball. That's in terms of how he normally plays. He's like a metronome. It's almost impossible to catch him. The last outright game where I think he had a bad match was in his first classical under Koeman, a home defeat. Um, Madrid went to Camp Nou and won. And Pedri played a little bit out of position, particularly that he was on the right instead of the left. Didn't enjoy himself, didn't stamp his authority. At that stage, I think he was still, how old, 17 maybe? By now he's 20. It just wasn't his night. And the strange thing is that when he's tired, I've seen him play for club and country exhausted and still dictate the pace, still turn opponents. And tonight there were flashes. There were moments when 
he did things that of form you shouldn't be able to do wriggling away from tackles pretending to go one way going the other moving the ball sharply linking with Busquets but ultimately the fact that this wasn't his night ultimately the fact that Luis Enrique took Gavi off and left Pedri on cost Spain Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But look, for those, I, I want to do a cultural foray now. And, and for those who aren't old enough to remember Porridge, um, starring Ronnie Barker, it was the story, the, the comic story of a, of a lifelong burglar who was always in jail. Porridge, if you're doing porridge, is the term that was used for spending time in jail. And the credits to the comedy series, brilliant as it was, began with a judge reading out a sentence, going back to jail, for Norman Stanley Fletcher. The, the judge says, Norman Stanley Fletcher, you are an habitual criminal. And he says, he, he talks about you take being jailed in a, in a normal, easygoing manner. And the, the thing I want to point out is that the Luis Enrique afterwards said, we made a mistake that was non-habitual. They, they play out they tried to get out of jail all the time playing out from the back. And at, and at several times tonight, they're doing their porridge, they're being closed in by the jailers, and they get out with lots of risk. But increasingly, Germany, particularly at 1-0 down, decided that the higher up they pressed, the more danger that they could do um, to, to Spain. And what happens is they make a mistake and it's like Norman Stanley Fletcher if you decide that this is your profession that you're habitual at something you take the consequences you treat it in the same manner same jaunty manner what I'm talking about is the fact that at 1-0 up with very little time in global terms left Laporte's ball out to Pedri let's Germany pounce on it and they don't just win possession easily in halfway up midfield they have lots of bodies forward because their press is so daring and you might say of course it was Graham because they had nothing to lose at that stage and that's right because at that stage even though Costa Rica beat Japan the hard fact is that they're on the verge of going out of the World Cup not, not outright guaranteed in that moment but very damn close to it so when they get the ball, the pass-through is quick. The little moment for Musiala, who's a fabulous footballer. And Fulkrug's finish is, is as good as the goal that we'll come back to that opened the scoring early in the match. Because it's all power, it's top corner, there's nothing Unai Simon can do about it. Germany's subs proved at least as good, I think better, than Spain's subs. And I mention that because... In the last podcast, 
I made a fuss about how Soler and Nico Williams and Balde and Morata all either scored or caused goals against Costa Rica. Now again, in this instance, there was a beautiful moment for Alvaro Morata because even though he's the kind who does get morose, who does get down in the dumps when he's not playing, he came on in the first game, a beautiful assist. So when people remember who's the third youngest goal, goal scorer in World Cup history, Gabby's the name, Morata's the assist. Today, again, no criticism of Luis Enrique at all, but from the bird's eye view, what was really obvious was that when Unai Simon in the first half was being pressed and occasionally Spain were forced into errors where Germany won the ball back very easily, there was no out ball. As high as Germany's line was, if you punt the ball long, Asensio and Olmo aren't going to outsprint that German defence and, and get it. Now what you do want, if you're playing deep, if you're playing out from the back and you've sucked your opponent in deep, yeah, if you can pass your way through and then have superiority of numbers, great. But if the press is really good, then having suckered your team, your opposing team, into you, you want the ability to play it long. Frankly, Morata could have been changed on at halftime. Because at that stage, it was absolutely clear that Germany knew they weren't going to be out-sprinted by any of Spain's front three if Unai Simon, the keeper, punted it long. The instant that Morata came on, although his first touch was a little bit clumsy, everybody across that back line completely understood that he could contest with them aerially, he could hold them off physically completely differently, and he was a different player. He's a nine who, even if you think that he's a little bit profligate and doesn't take his chances, the fact is that this man, who was the only guy in the Spain squad, for those of you who are long-term listeners, he was the only guy in the, same, in the Spain squad in 2016 in the French European Championship when France's equivalent of the SAS were guarding Spain on that island just off Nantes. Two of the guards, two of the SAS men that were guarding Spain had been at the massacre at the Bataclan. One of them had his finger shot off. So naturally you get talking to them and they were like, the only guy in this Spain squad who talks to us is Morata. And he's jaunty and he's fun and every time he sees you, he's got a smile on his face, he's polite, I think he's funny. If you remember again, was it in France or was it in Russia where, I think it was in Russia where, for luck, he had Sergio Ramos shave his head with, with Barber's clippers because when they'd done it at club level, it brought him a goal. I think it did in Russia too, but eventually that didn't quite prove enough. So if you're judging that I've got a lot of sympathy for Murata, then you're right. He's an extremely likeable guy. And as a footballer, in the last but one long interview I did with Lucien Enrique, he talked Morata up. Fantastic attitude, hard worker, runs beyond, good in associative play, link play, if you want to call it that. Even though Morata hasn't started a game yet, Lucien Enrique is a big fan. And so it happens on match morning, Marco had a long interview with him over two pages, where Morata says, I couldn't begin to tell you the number of things that Luis Enrique has done for me. Now, one of those things, particularly is he's scared of flying, and another thing because he was being booed by his own fans in Euro 2020 when he missed chances, and particularly against Sweden. Not only were fans in the stadium booing him, but there was 
hate mail and online trolling to him and his family. It was disgusting. But one of the backroom staff, Joaquin Valdez, the psychologist, who really is a Catanaccio man marker for Luis Enrique, he's with him everywhere. Another Asturian, been with him right throughout his career. Even though footballers traditionally are often scared of bearing their souls to sports psychologists, Maratta did to Joaquin Valdez and it helped. So although any footballer, particularly one of Maratta's age, should be turning 30 soon, somebody who's played in Champions League finals and lost, played in Champions League finals and scored, Champions League finals and won, when you're not titular, when you're not in the 11, it stings you, I think, even more than when you're a youngster. Yet, his attitude was terrific. He adds to the list of players who come off the bench in this World Cup for Spain and make a difference. What was sublime about it was, to go back to my point about Busquets, booked early on for a challenge where his man got away from him, was brought down. You could easily have seen that happening twice. Instead, what happens is that Busquets is in space in midfield, turns, pings the ball, I think, aiming for Alba to begin with. Almost control is absolutely fantastic. He lays the ball into Alba's pass. And Alba, king of the assists, king of the assists, out of the corner of his right eye, sees Morata moving. When Alba receives, Morata's between Rudiger and Sula. And Sula's job all night has been made really easy when Asensio's been on because of the job that Goretzka was doing as gatekeeper and Asensio's inability to get away from Goretzka. In this instance, Sulu lacks a split second of concentration. Morata's run is in his blind side. He cuts across him and that means he's in a good position, nothing else, because the finish is sublime. It's gorgeous and it's against Neuer. If you didn't see it, I hope you did, but I don't know which radio you listened to, which TV station you were watching. At first, what happens is that everybody on the bench tries to mob Luis Enrique. It's not with each other. It all comes in on the coach. There are one or two staff who can't get in the huddle and they're running around looking for a place to jump in and, I don't know, plant a kiss on his cheek. This being the, the day, when we kicked off at least, that his young daughter Chana who, who died would have been 13 I guess it's natural that the staff were more than just pleased to score against Germany they were exuberant for the coach exuberant for the coach who chosen to make the sub Ferran off Morata on and it's a goal after which it gets a bit comic because all the players dive over there and it forms a massive huddle and this time it's Gavi who can't get in which is odd because he's a little ferocious terrier and he can just about know his way into any situation. And in this instance, he did. He takes a running jump onto the scrum of people and lands on top of everybody's heads and shoulders. It's a good image. I hope somebody snapped it. The truth of the matter is that this group's still alive and there are possibilities for Spain to win it, come second or go out because Germany could have won. Probably Germany should have won. The players who stood out again were Musiala, Sani, and that's why I mentioned him early on when Rafael Paul immediately said, is Sani playing? They were delighted that he wasn't, but late on, after full Krug's goal, Sani could easily have won it. Again, let's make no mistake about that. Equally, when Musiala is through 
one-on-one, there's a brilliant save from Unai Simon, but normally, would you expect him to score? 100% you would. The other player, substitute, who really caught my eye was Klosterman. The mobility that Klosterman, Musiala and Sané had towards the end meant that, to a certain extent, if Spain weren't clinging on, by the time the whistle went, they could have lost. The chances were mounting up. I think they lost a little bit of oomph. Luis Enrique said it more poetically than me and said that although the goal came in the second half, he was happier with the bravery, the daring, the risk-taking of the first half and less happy that, in his eyes, some of the conviction that, quote, we can win drained away from his players. Is this just the difference between playing a side where the average age is 26, 27, 28, where more of the players have won titles, have won Champions Leagues, where a hardcore of the players for Bayern had recently thrashed Barcelona? Is that really all the difference that we saw? Was there a little bit of inexperience on the pitch when Spain went, listen, we'll hold the ball, we'll take this, 1-0's okay? It felt that way to me a little bit. Not much, because this is a Spain side conditioned to win. But to take you inside the tunnel at the end, there were such disappointed voices and faces amongst the Spain squad. Starting with those who didn't play, who haven't been playing, who thought, if we win, I'm playing. I think several of those players who thought they might get a start now think, will I? Maybe I'm not going to. Those who battled it out looked drained. And one of the questions I asked Danny Carvajal was about how exhausting is it to be pressed, to be harried, to be to have people snapping at your heels like that constantly. And he said, look, it's a high level rival. It's a top quality side. We're tired, we're disappointed not to have won, but he said that was a proper World Cup game. I love that. He's right. I think all over the globe, wherever you were watching this, we know that Spain-Germany could easily have had three or four goals. Spain-Germany could have been still more high drama. But if you compare this to the sand in your shoe that we've been watching, where you're like, oh, this isn't right, this is, I'm not enjoying this, of the other games, the majority of the other games, this was something for poor old Cara Sethgate, who I keep mentioning, to learn from. This is something whereby some of the other teams who've been a little bit speculative and boring, but who are in better positions than Spain will say, yeah, okay, we don't fancy their risk-taking. Where are they now? If they don't get a good result against Japan, can they go out? Well, look, I wouldn't swap for anybody. This is the right path. Whether this is the tournament that they end up, semi-final or final or not, this group is right. This group is strong. It's clever all over their voices and faces they were absolutely disgusted with themselves that they hadn't won I think this is the kind of game that teaches a squad with an average age of about 24 how much it takes to kill off a top quality rival this was a Germany side who did themselves a favour by getting a point this is a Germany side that could have won and will be going home I think just as disgusted although Hansi Flick when he passed us in the corridor was beaming all over his face and there was a bit of a love in between him and Luis Enrique um, at the end but I think this will have done Spain good 
this was a little nudge to the youngsters about what it takes at the very top level to smash an opponent who could have put you in deep trouble. We're nearly gone from our bite. I guess it'll be up with the larks again tomorrow. Training, interview, the cycle starts again. Spain are still in this. They could have been on three points and staring at a must-win game against Japan. Their destiny's in their control, unlike Norman Stanley Fletcher. And the porridge they're doing, the jail that they suffered, was the pressure put upon them by a German side, which was far better than the result against Japan suggested. German side, which is far cleverer, far more resourceful, which I think now is going to go on and stuff Costa Rica. There you go. Come back to me on that one if that prediction is not right. We're going through a tunnel right now. At the end of the tunnel, there's not only our hotel, but there's light that Japan will suffer against the Spain team and we'll go through to the knockouts. I believe it. Don't you? See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.